0: Hey everyone, Ariel Adams here with the Spending Time Podcast. Today, Dave and Brett and I are gonna talk about the highs and lows of pre-owned, aka used Rolex. This is part of a bigger topic that we're looking to explore and that is the the trajectory of the pre-owned watch market in general, and I thought I'd start with Rolex, which is probably the the most popular watch on the pre-owned market in terms of people buying it. Not all Rolexes, but Rolexes definitely represent a lot I know that I've looked at pre owned Rolexes. David, have you looked at pre owned Rolexes ever?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: We spend a All lot of time. time. Now let's just for people that don't really know, what is the experience like today buying uh a a hot Rolex watch? Uh basically newer pre owned. What what is that experience like if it's a watch which is in demand? What
1: is what's that gonna be like? It's a painful experience is what I would call it. <laughs> wow, painful <laughs> technically. Yeah, exactly. That's the first word that springs to mind.
0: That's not a good thing. I mean, these are supposed to be items that we purchase uh, for celebratory reasons. When you buy it, you want to feel good. You want to feel positive about it. How did it get to the point of being a painful experience?
1: Well, how, I'm not sure about, but the way it got there is by, you know, limiting supply and making it very difficult for people to find the watches that they actually want. It's just, some watches are just so limited in supply that, you know, it's just extremely difficult to find them on the market at a reasonable price.
0: So let's talk about a little context right here, because I think people deserve to know what's what's going on. And it's it's honestly, it's a topic which, the complexity of which has so many layers, I'm struggling to put it together myself. Let's suffice it to say that right now, if you were looking for a hot Rolex product, you're gonna be spending above retail. That's for new and many used watches as well. In general, the pre-owned watch market used to be the place to go for like awesome deals. There was unwanted watches that you could get at a really good price, uh, a discount, if you will, off the retail price just for buying pre-owned as well as gray market. But things have changed a lot, and they're gonna keep changing. What I think is happening, is that the industry itself has recognized that the pre-owned market has affected its values. And there's also, you know, it's compounded by the fact that there was such an overproduction of watches. And all these watches that were overproduced on the secondhand market in order to not anger the brands were called pre-owned. So a lot of pre-owned out there was, and perhaps still is, actually new product that just hasn't been uh, sold by an authorized dealer. So this market for pre-owned watches was just massive, really just massive. And it really started to affect prices because everyone was like, well, I'll just wait to buy when it's much cheaper on the pre-owned market. And a lot of people were just not buying new anymore. And I've talked to a lot of people in the business side that got very excited about pre-owned. And over the last couple of years, lots of businesses, like some of them very well-funded, popped up to specialize just buying uh, pre-owned watches, or j- just for buying them, and they also purchase them from consumers. David, you've noticed this, right? All these companies that have, have kind of sprouted up to to buy watches, to trade watches, to sell watches. None of them new.
1: Yeah, that's one element, and the other element I think that's interesting that we should uh, discuss later on sometime is that how some of these uh, some of these companies are selling brand new watches marked as pre-owned because they realize that you know if you sell them as new at a heavy discount that uh, otherwise like a pre-owned watch would enjoy like a 40 percent or 50 percent 35 percent discount but one of these big brands they are not allowed to give that sort of discount so what they would do is uh, list them as pre-owned and then say hey we have a lot of time remaining on the factory warranty and that's because it's actually a new watch a lot of the times but it's listed as pre-owned and that this way the watches move out of the uh, out of storage and onto people's wrists and the brands are happy, these guys are happy and then the brand value isn't as damaged as it would be if you could walk into a store and buy You, you a know watch what's interesting.
0: In some instances, especially if there isn't too much over inventory, calling something pre-owned versus unsold can actually allow you to get a better price. Right? If something is unsold and at a at a, at a really low price, um well you're sometimes suspicious about it, but that's sometimes the only way to do mm-hmm. it pre-owned and then you 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 think that there's an exclusivity factor to it right not that there's like a bunch yeah. of these in stock but like this is just like one it looks to be really really good condition that's great mm-hmm. and you actually might pay more than if it was just like one <laughs> of many potential unsold watches
1: there is that psychological upside to it as well yeah
0: well that's a big part of it i mean let's 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 face mm-hmm. it psychology has a big part to do uh with with purchasing uh, any watch now yeah, let's so assume that Rolex is relatively innocent. We know that they're not necessarily shipping as many, as, as many uh, of, of these sport watches as, as they could. Maybe they're not shipping less than they did historically. Let's assume, just for a moment, that demand around the world for steel Rolex sport watches has, has increased. Why do you think that might be?
1: I can imagine a host of reasons. One is just because you know if something is hot, and pe- more and more people will want in on it because they will be they want to be able to say, "Oh, do you have that watch?" Yes, I have that. It's that watch that everybody wants. So I think at some point it's just uh, it's just uh, something that gets stronger and stronger as time time goes on, even though it's not necessarily merited. It, especially when you're saying goodbye to getting a better value for your money when you're paying. More for a steel Daytona than you would for a two-tone Daytona with a, with a lot of gold in it, and maybe it even has a special dial. So if you look at, for example, like a steel and yellow gold Daytona with a yellow gold bezel and center links and pushers and crown and a mob dial with diamond indices, there's a good chance you can pick one of those up for less than what you would be paying for an all steel Daytona with a, with a box standard dial.
0: Yeah, I mean th- these are these are all these are all excellent points. I I believe that. Rolex is a very conservative buy, and we are in times where people tend to spend very conservatively. When economies are stagnating, people don't necessarily know when they're gonna get their next sort of big check, so to say. So they, If they're gonna do luxury purchases, they tend to buy things that they feel they can resell for a relatively predictable amount, or at least as, as much as possible. And so when times are good, people are a lot more experimental, in the types of watches that they buy because they're not necessarily as concerned about resale value. But when economic times are are more stagnant or in a recession, people definitely want to be able to get the maximum return on their investment. I think that's what's happening now. And I think that if we did see people return to sort of more uh, extravagant spending or uh, sort of experimental spending, I think that would actually be a a signal of of an improving economy around the world. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I'm just still baffled by, I'm looking on Chrono 24 right now, and I found uh, a Daytona with a white gold case. It's on a leather strap, but it's still a white gold Daytona with a mother of pearl dial. It looks really cool, and it's like $19,000, which is thereabouts, or actually even less than a silver Daytona would be. So where is the actual value? Where is the actual potential for good resale? Um, if people start to realize that there actually is a lot of cylinders out there once people start dumping them Then you will have to just go back to where actual real value is and we can supply actually
0: You you could you know Rolex has had some great times in the past You could get fantastic products for not too much money right now yeah. is not one of those times I was just in yeah. Hong Kong and Hong Kong is a great place to shop for watches They have all the hot models over the last several years, I've noticed that the prices have got less and less awesome. It's not to <laughs> say that you can't get the lowest price in Hong Kong if you really, really try, but you can definitely pay very high. You know, I was going oh, yeah. around from store to store looking at prices for the same watches that varied by thousands of dollars, literally hundreds of feet away. Wow. And <clears throat> these are the exact same watch, exact same condition. Um, some of mm. them were Rolexes. And you know, I, I'm a watch collector, I like watches, I like Rolex, I you know, there's some there's some interesting models out there, some that are that have just come out, some that are no longer made that I like. And the thing is I found every single one of the watches that I wanted to find in Hong Kong. Multiple. There was more than one of all the watches I'm interested in, but none of them were at a price that was as good as the lowest published price of the same type of thing um online in the US. So I of course hmm. gonna go online. And some of these of launches were thousands of priced more than I'll call it the internet price that you could find from like reputable things. I'm not talking about some random eBay auction, yeah, and I couldn't figure out why that was. I think that it has something to do with who these stores are trying to sell to. I think there's some type of um some type of customer they have in mainland China right now who can't seem to get that product easily in mainland China. So I think they're servicing them. Again, a lot of these stores didn't seem to have any interest um, in my or anyone else's business. It didn't seem to be this core group of people going in that they already knew. So I don't understand that side of it. But what I can say is that not only are they putting a premium on the brand new hard to get watches, but the first time ever they speak differently about pre-owned watches as well as older ones. And they're putting them at a very high price. And you want to know what the reason is? What? No longer made. They just say, no longer made. No longer made. <laughs> and and I'm like, I guess that's true, but it's the first experience I've had pretty much ever in my history of being into watches, where on such a mask. If actually never. No one has ever said to me, this costs more uh, because then retail price because it's no longer made again more than retail price on some like old model Rolexes.
1: Well, that's the mantra now. Not that's, like that's vintage. Like
0: yeah, but that's their uh-huh. mantra. No longer made. And yeah,
1: they realize that it sells because I guess people would just say, "Oh, no longer made. All right, then give it to me."
0: So I go to all the stores. You, you, you've been, you've been to Hong Kong. I mean. Can can you just try to say for the audience like how many Rolex like uh, like I'm talking about authorized dealers, there are, are in insane. Hong Kong. Insane,
1: insane number of them. Yeah, they're <laughs> everywhere, like Seven <laughs> Eleven.
0: It's true. It's true. <laughs> Did you go into any of them?
1: Yeah, of course. So what do you want? Do you want a soda from Seven Eleven or a new <laughs> or a new day chest?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, date chest. There are just like is just as popular as soda. It's true. Um. I remember one of the first times I was in Hong Kong. I went into a Rolex store, saw all the stuff I liked, and before I could even open my mouth, the saleswoman said, 50 uh, percent <laughs> discount." <laughs> and I was like,
1: was
0: "I was like, boy, I wish I could afford something right you. now." <laughs> um, yeah. Now, store
1: was this? Which brand?
0: This was a Rolex store in Hong Kong, like a big one, a nice Rolex store in Hong Kong, official. They okay. just sold Rolex. Okay. Wow. And now you go in there, and like they still follow you around at Rolex uh, at the little, off, at the little sort of like dealers that sell the hot stuff. They don't care, but at Rolex, they follow you around. They have not a single steel sports watch. I saw one store that had one. It was a Rolex store at the airport, and they had, they had an, they had an Explorer, the thirty-nine millimeter Explorer. That's the mm. only sport watch I <laughs> saw. At any authorized <laughs> r- Rolex store in all of Hong Kong. No, did I go into every at, single one? Admittedly, no. But I went to like five.
1: At, at this point that puts like a that puts that explorer in the wrong light, you know? At this point you think to yourself, well, this is the only one that literally nobody wants.
0: Yeah, it's actually pretty sad. Like you expect like yeah, a it bunch of the even, move. even the Air King is hotter <laughs> than the Explorer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, that's that's good to know. So the point is, no, no still Rolex watches, sport watches there anywhere. So when was that 15% off thing? Was that this time or like years ago?
0: This was, I mean, this was not that long ago, but this was admittedly mm-hmm. before this sort of new situation was going on. I mean, back okay, then, so... the hot, you know, the, the there were still plenty of extremely expensive Rolexes, but they were the, you know, these vintage models and these things like
1: that. So this year, they didn't say that to you. They didn't welcome you saying 15% off.
0: No, they just follow you around. It's really weird. They literally like follow customers around. Like, they get like like three or four feet behind them, or wherever they go, they follow them. It's
1: super weird. Yeah, maybe that's what's expected of them there. I'm not sure. But yeah, because that's,
0: cu- that's what customers love, being followed. Everyone loves being followed.
1: <laughs> not you and I, but maybe it's no like one. a visual. Racial...
0: No one. I, 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 if you like being followed, there's something wrong with you.
1: I don't, but maybe it's like an expectation. It's like maybe someone there would flip out, like, oh, you're not even following me. Clearly, you don't want to sell me something.
0: I think them saying, hello, how are you, if you need anything, let us know, is sufficient in every single culture.
1: Maybe. Let's get back to pre-owned Rolex Rolex watches.
0: (laughs) So I'm looking at a few different websites right now. I've been looking at... Uh, pre-owned Rolex watches and I'm gonna start looking at some prices here. And it's interesting because, you know, we know the retail prices and I'm just curious, you know, what, what are the deals? Oh great. It has to be in, I'm out watch finder. It's in British pounds. Change it to USD. That makes my life so much easier. Ah, voila. Um, I mean, okay. So like the, the Submariner, the, the Hulk as they call it with the green dial, Okay, this watch uh, is still made for the time being. And they have one right here at $11,600, which is basically $2,000 above retail. This has no papers, no box. And this is wow. a used watch. Huh.
1: That's a lot. So that's okay. the Hawks of Manor. You're talking yeah, about the The, green, the, 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 green no, sub,
0: the right. no date, okay. Used with box and with paper is great. Is going for um, two thousand dollars above retail. Nine
1: five or how much? Nine six. Nine six.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, pretty much the only watches you can get like somewhat of a deal on is the two tone. What's the? Do you know what the retail price is on on the two tone? Um I find would out. say
1: find out. I I would say somewhere about 2025 20, depending no, on the dial.
0: No, it's got to be like 15.
1: No, it's way over. I literally just tried one on here. Okay. Not too long ago with the crazy VAT here, but still and I can tell you it was retail for
0: I can tell you what uh, it is for, in the US. Okay, tell me. 13,400
1: Okay, it was um, with a with a mop dial, mother of pearl dial with diamonds on it. Mother it, of pearl. Pr- I'm, ta- had-
0: I'm talking about the Submariner.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm talking about the Daytona. Sorry. Well, oh. yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Okay, okay, okay yeah, so, 13, that's, the- so
0: that's that's thirteen four brand new, if you can find one. This was this was the only watch that you could get, uh, for a deal in Hong Kong. For this watch pre-owned, you can get it like for well under 10000 well under
1: 10000 Well, Mark my words, the two-tone Rolexes are going to make, like, a huge surge upwards, huge surge, in the next, like, two years, tops.
0: Maybe, maybe, we'll see. Um,
1: so, I'm 100% sure about it.
0: Okay, okay, I mean, you know. Um, so this one, used, uh, is going for 11200 Uh Again, we're on Watchfinder. This isn't, like, the bargain place, but I'm just showing an example.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know? So that's you know, that is that there, boom. That's the only one there's a discount. Um the sub but you know various types of sub the 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 going rate for like a standard submariner without anything fancy seems to be like in the nine thousand dollar range. And then some new ones I mean here's just a submariner date. Just your standard submariner date eleven thousand six hundred dollars
1: no idea why that is yeah that's
0: three thousand dollars above retail
1: that's just stupid
0: it's very strange it's very very strange so i i you know but these watches are are getting more and more difficult to find so there was a very interesting model that i was looking for i found three or four examples of the watch it's no longer made and do you okay the 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 lowest price I saw it for Hong Kong was again two thousand or three thousand dollars higher than I saw it for online. Hmm. So this is a place yeah. where we used to think there was really great values and deals. I guess not so much anymore. And I, and I'm trying to understand why. I think it's part of a bigger a bigger picture situation. But you know, from everyone you you've talked to, um, other than painful, what are some of their more recent experiences with pre
1: um, role experience, you mean? Well, everything. Uh, f- you know, overall, what I've had, I've had a lot of, I've heard a lot of positive experiences. Overall, I haven't heard any horror stories. Let me put it that way. In recent years, I couldn't name one. It's not like what would um, there even be like like you're getting like a damaged watch or a fake watch or like a, a poorly serviced watch or a watch with a messed up movement that only you figured out like 6 months after you bought it or anything like that.
0: Okay, okay. So let me let me change to different Rolex models here cuz this is the new Deep Sea that just came out. This is a 2018 model. Um surprisingly massive fluctuation in price. I'm on eBay, for example. And this watch ranges there's twenty one ver- There's twenty one of these on, on on eBay. The lowest price. Yeah, those on... are not.
1: Those are there's plenty of those actually these plenty. days. That's what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: Plenty. So For the lowest reason. price is thirteen thousand three hundred ninety nine. I think that's. It's not bad. That's about retail. Yeah, that's not bad. Let me see what At it all. is. This is this is and remember that there's two dials. And uh, one of the dials is going to be a little bit more expensive. That's the I think they call it the D blue dial,
1: Mm. and which is funny because it actually looks a whole lot better on the old black dial, which you don't even see anywhere.
0: You know, I see it. I saw both of them, and it's true that the blue one in Hong Kong was going for a lot more. All of them were going for above retail. Okay, Mm. so twelve thousand two hundred two hundred and fifty. Uh yeah, so it's they're within a few hundred dollars of one another. Okay, so the cheapest price on eBay for this watch, the black dial, thirteen thousand three hundred ninety-nine. That's that's above, that's above retail, right? Um, mm-hmm. and you know what the highest price is for the? It's for the blue dial one. Like twenty-one thousand dollars. Twenty-one thousand. That's. Like, hmm. wh- why would they do that? Why would they go and put it for twenty one thousand?
1: But are wait, are we talking about which one—the deep sea or the sea dweller?
0: The deep sea. Oh,
1: okay. Well,
0: so let's say, let's say the lowest price for the blue dial, or the black and blue dial. The lowest price for the black and blue dial is.
1: But that which is too large, anyway.
0: Fifteen thousand we're just give we're just showing examples of, of the new watches and the price premiums. So about three about two to three thousand dollars over. So fifteen thousand two hundred and fifty. There's three thousand over, a little bit less three three thousand over the uh the D blue one. So even these watches are going for above retail, even though there's plenty of them available. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very it's so we've
1: established that there are fluctuations, so where where are we going with this?
0: Well, I think it's important to figure out like what it means that it's happening that's not an isolated thing it's it's kind of happening around the world. look you know there's two ways that there's two ways that respond to this as a consumer: one, you can buy the Rolex and and pay a premium. Rolex isn't making more money uh because there's somebody gobbling it up, and they're they're taking the profit. So it's kind of like a middle agent's taking the money. That's something that I don't think the the watch industry sh- should particularly like. It's kind of like in the t- in the ticket industry with ticket scalpers, and that's yeah. kind of what we're having in the watch industry. And in, in ticket scalpers, no one likes those. Governments try to regulate against them. It's kind of an unfair business practice. And the idea is again, these are there's plenty of these watches available. They're just being sold at a premium. By essentially scalpers, and for me, this is the this is the dirty side of the gray market. You know, I think the gray market got uh, uh, an almost heroic reputation with some of the the sort of like constituency of of, of consumers out there because they were able to <clears throat> deliver great values. But now I think the gray market, again, part maybe it's partially about their survival or whatever it is, but they're turning to something different. And it's a tactic the consumers are really not liking. And that's who's yeah. responsible for this, right? Because these are being purchased and resold by people intending to buy them or intending to sell them.
1: So one advice I would give, for example, is just, is just try and give these guys an offer because they clearly understand they are selling them too high. And when, when they're, the, the, you know, this, the, you know, uh, discrepancy is this large in terms of pricing and stuff, you should just go there and, and just give them an offer. Not a local offer, but something that you would be, you know, feeling more comfortable paying. And just look up what is the cheapest on there online, and just say, you know, you're ready to pay that, or maybe even a little bit lower, and see how desperate these guys are to move their stuff. Because it's easy to list something, you know, for a lot on Chrome Twenty Four or eBay or something like that. But it's a different question entirely whether or not you can actually sell it for that what, much. What
0: happens? So, let me ask you: this, What happens? If this happens, if this continues for too long what is what are what are consumers going to do if they decide not to to pay these prices
1: i think I think consumers should be more afraid of paying this much, and then the, the whole thing is, is 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 collapsing you know so the thing is if if one or two larger entities on the market started started selling these watches for a lot less just to move a uh, stock out of desperation or just for cash flow reasons or whatever, or just because they want to do uh, damage and they don't really care too much about it, then you're in trouble. As long as prices stay fixed, I personally wouldn't mind paying $20,000 for a steel Daytona if I know I can sell it for nineteen five dollars in a year. That means I didn't own a, a watch for $20,000, I owned it for five hundred dollars so if the market is fixed, then everybody is safe. There's nothing to be crazy about or angry about. The problem is that this brings into the picture the, the, the perspective of you know a bubble exploding. And if that happens and the Daytona now starts selling for 14000 as much as some people say it should, based on their reasoning or whatever, then you're burned with $6,000. And that's a problem. So there's this worry that you're paying over and you're worried about not getting the same amount of money back. That's the problem why everyone's so freaked out about this, not because it's morally wrong or whatever.
0: Well, if the real estate market has any uh, evidence, uh, bubbles do burst. And I think that that's exactly what this is. I also think that there should be, to a large degree, a, um, a, a, a rejection by the consumer. If I, I say to people, don't, don't pay more than retail. Pay retail, no problem. Pay more than retail, no. don't do it. You're just contributing to an ugly system that doesn't do you any good and creates a bubble mm. that you know is unsustainable.
1: Yeah. You're not
0: you're not yeah, it's, well, it's not like you're doing Rolex
1: any good. But why would you want to do anybody any good? You're you're in the market, you're buying a product. It's not a moral decision. Everyone makes this into a moral decision. It's this is it's a market.
0: It's who your money goes no. to.
1: No, it's, you're supporting yourself. You're buying something for yourself to enjoy, and then you want to sell it for sale. With
0: reset, with the resources the going to someone else. You, again, you 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 vote with your wallet. Who you buy from, who you choose to buy from, is just as important as what you buy. I believe that.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree, but it's not a moral. It, that still isn't a moral decision in my mind. Support and whatever. You know, you're not. Technically, you're giving your money to like one of those retailers or someone who's just who's just uh, who just wants to flip one or two watches a year or whatever. But you're supporting a market and you're supporting this dream of these watches being worth sixty or eighty percent over retail. And the problem is that, like I said, that everyone is thinking about, but I guess it's not being uh, you know set out wide like this. Is that you know th- this whole thing, this whole discussion, is about whether or not things stay this way. If everyone knew that these things would be like these prices would be set for like five years, like two currencies that are fixed to one another, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Everyone would be just buying these watches and you knew you could sell them for the same amount like two years from now. If that was the thing, this wouldn't be an issue because everyone would just expect that and accept the fact that this is the price for this product now. And you could sell it for the same amount. The question is whether or not it stays like as it is. And if it is, if it doesn't, it's like a game of musical chairs and you will you will be left standing there with your watch and God knows how many thousands of dollars in losses.
0: Okay, you know what? That's one perspective and it's, it's one you feel strongly about. Me personally, I... Reject the practice of spending more than retail on anything, if only because there's so many amazing things out there that you can buy at retail, which are great. So, so for yeah. me, the the best way of asserting that is by protesting, protesting mm. uh, by not buying watches that are that that are anything but retail price or under. If you if you if you spend above retail on something because it's like the hot thing to do, don't do it. If you spend above retail on something because you're supporting the career of some guy who basically every single day just runs around to authorized dealers trying to like gobble stuff up and then resell it, I don't I don't think that I don't think that that's a that's a type of a, that's a parasitic type of job. I don't like that. It I don't is. want to support that. Right? It's so It's not all of
1: that this. Yeah, but by by that's a that large by, part of it. by
0: no means represents all, all everyone. But Again, if look, if if there's someone who goes out to search for some watch I'm looking for. They go to some country, they find something that I want, they bring it to me. That's that's a value. They went and hunted for that. If they stole it out from under me, if they went to my my local Rolex dealer and they bought it just to resell it online, they're taking it away from me. They they're literally yeah. taking an opportunity away from me just just for a parasitic gain because they think someone else yep. out there will pay more. That's I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that either. That doesn't sit well with me. So the only way to Mm -hmm. protest that is to not spend more than retail. I know that there's this excitement about keeping up and having the coolest watch and having something that was hard to get, but do so a different way than paying more than retail. I mean, if it's like a few hundred bucks, you know what? Okay. You know, you're just whatever. But if you're paying significantly over retail, I mean, the Patek Philippe Nautilus, it's going for it's like almost double retailer more, and 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 Patek Philippe says there's an eight to twelve year waiting list. I would just be like, <sighs> you know what? You guys got a production problem. I'll go buy something from someone who doesn't have a production
1: problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, I totally understand. And this reasoning and this this way of thinking, I thought I can totally get behind. I, I support that. So that's something a little bit different. But yeah, I totally, I totally agree with all that what you just said.
0: So. You know, it, I, again, it's it's a, it's a difficult thing because it it makes me feel negative feelings towards brands and watches that I really like, yet they're kind mm-hmm. of sullied because they are are included in this in this sort of practice of uh, speculating and bubble creation and and just a lot of people paying too much money to support roles I don't like. That's one of the reasons yeah. that I that I traditionally have a lot of issues with auction houses because they they try to create more value simply by saying it. They're not making these watches any better. And yeah, they're great performers, super good performers. But for me as a collector, do they add anything to my appreciation of watches? No, they just, no. Take, they just take away.
1: Yeah. All right, on that note, I think we can end before we go down the road right of watch auctions, which is a dirty, dirty business.
0: AKA Ariel goes it. on a rant for another 47 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think that this is an important issue because it goes to the heart of what watch consumers are doing which is buying watches and it relates to some of the watches that are great and that we want the most and it's sad to me that a lot of that experience seemed to be selling with I can't buy it or I need to spend a lot more that's horrible to have to say to yourself I don't want to, mm-hmm. have to say that if I want a Rolex which is cool and it's and it's like not you know fifty years old and some vintage thing. I want to be able to just go and buy it and not have somebody sitting out there waiting for someone to spend that amount. These people are sitting on watches; they're not being sold. They're just waiting for someone gullible enough to be like, "Yeah, it's worth five thousand dollars more." Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I, but I, and I do love watches, so I'd love to hear what everyone thinks about it. And uh, again, vote with your dollars, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Spending Time. We'll talk to you next time.